This morning, I wonder if you could say what the people on that video said. Does Jesus Christ live in you? Do you have peace? Do you have satisfaction? Are you fulfilled? Do you have a date when he, the risen Christ, came to live and dwell and change you? I hope that's true of you. And if it's not, I want you to know that, that it can be and that he can and that I don't want you to leave this place this morning without knowing how to do that. We're going to get there. This morning, happy Easter, by the way. It's been a great day, isn't it? Praise God. It's been a great day. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans. Uh, We are going to be in Romans chapter 6. And so if you have your text, I'd invite you to turn with me there. Uh, The book of Romans is in your New Testament towards the end of your Bible. Um, You've got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then a book called Acts. And then you turn to Romans. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans, uh, the sixth chapter. And that's where we're going to dwell this morning. You know, the video uh, this morning asked the question, how do we know that Jesus is alive? Uh, if if some were, someone were to walk up to me and ask me this question, how do you know that Jesus is alive? I would have a lot of answers for them. I would have um, some historical answers for them, and I would take them uh, to, to history and some documents that we have. Um, I, I would have some... I would have some uh, geological and scientific explanations as to why Jesus is alive. I would have several biblical answers as to, as to the question, how do we know that Jesus is alive? Um, but I would also have the answer that was given by the people on the video. And I think several people here in this room would have this answer as well. And that's simply this, that we know that Jesus is alive. One of the reasons, one of the many reasons we know that Jesus is alive is because he lives in us. Is because he has given us new life. And so I want to ask you this morning, do you know that Jesus is alive because he has given you new life? Life. Uh, the text that we're going to be in this morning is Roman chap- Romans chapter 6. And I think Romans chapter 6 is a, is, a, is a meaty passage. It's a weighty passage. There's a lot there. But we find this nugget of truth uh, towards the end of verse 4 that points us in this direction. Paul essentially says uh, the same thing that I have said, that the people on the screen have said, that a couple individuals that will come up here in a minute will also say to you that we know one of the reasons that we know Jesus is, is alive is because we've experienced him and because he has changed the very nature of who we are. He has radically altered the stage uh, of our life and the, and the direction of our life. And that's the point that I want us to see this morning from Romans 6. What we're going to do is we're going to read Romans 6, 1 through 11. We're going to read the whole passage and then we're going to camp a little bit on verse 4. And so Romans 6, 1 through 11 is where we're going to camp, and uh, then we're going to camp a little bit on chapter, uh, verse 4. So let's just read this together. Uh, you can read from your Bible, or you can read uh, from the screen. Uh, I'm just going to read this, give us some context as to what Paul is talking about in verse 4. Paul begins in verse 1. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ, and this is the part I want us to focus on, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the, glory, by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Verse 5. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know that we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. And he concludes in verse 11 by saying this. So you also, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Let's jump back to the end of verse 4. wanted to give a bit of context as to where we're going to be this morning. Um, I want us just to focus on the very end of verse 4. Uh, in the translation that I have up there, uh, Paul says this, the very end of verse 4. He says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What Paul is doing in this tail end of verse 4 is he's making a comparison. He's making a comparison. And what I want us to see is that Jesus, uh, is, that, is that Paul is comparing the new life, the resurrected life, if you will, that Jesus had when he was raised from the dead by the glory of, of the Father to the new life that is available to me and to you if we place our faith in Jesus Christ. He's making a, a comparison. He says Jesus was raised from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, he was no longer bruised. He was no longer beaten. He was no longer bloodied. When he was resurrected from the dead, the Bible tells us that he was resurrected to a new kind of humanity, is the best way I can put it. He wasn't who he used to be anymore. He was Jesus. People recognized him, but he was utterly different. The emphasis here, when Paul talks about Jesus' resurrection, is on the newness of him, the freshness, if you will. And so, so Paul is comparing the new life in the resurrected Christ with the new life that we can have when we place our faith in him. Again, when Jesus was killed, it wasn't a re- resuscitation. He didn't uh, just revive three days later. It, it, he, he was raised in a new body. When you look at the New Testament and what we see about the resurrection of Jesus... He was raised different. He was raised anew. He wasn't bloodied. He wasn't bruised. He wasn't beaten. And when we see, when we see the resurrected Christ and his new resurrected body, he could do some amazing things. He could do some things that he could not do before. When you look at the Gospels, we see him doing things like walking through walls. We see the resurrected Christ doing things like disappearing Whenever he wants to, he had what I would consider a new quality of life, a new kind of humanity. And the point that Paul is making here is that Jesus was utterly different 
from the time he was buried and the time that he was raised. He was still himself. He was still himself, but he was different. He was different. He is what the theologians call glorified. He had a glorified, perfected body. So he was himself, but he was different. And the point that I want us to see, the point that Paul is driving at, is he says, just as Christ was raised from the dead, just like he was, he was different being resurrected, we too, we too, so he's drawing this comparison. Jesus was different, and guess what? When you place your faith in the risen Christ, you too, he says, we too might walk, might live a life that is new, in newness of life, a new kind of life. And so Jesus was himself, but he was different. And you know, the same is true for you and I. When we place our faith in Jesus Christ, if you have a date or a moment or a time when you know that you did that, just as the people in the video did, for me, um, I was uh, 15 years old and I believe it was March. When I placed my, my faith in Jesus Christ, I fell to my uh, knees, if you will, on my bed, and I recognized that Jesus was Lord. I recognized that I was a sinner and that I needed him and that he offered me new life. He offered me change. And I trusted in him. And the very next morning, I was different. I was different. I was still the same. I still looked the same. But on the inside, I had what Paul is talking about here newness of life. Jesus earlier uh, in one of the Gospels, the Gospel of John, calls it being born again. And he uses this wonderful image of spiritually um, becoming a new person. We are born anew. We are not who we used to be. We have a new identity. Paul, elsewhere in one of his letters, calls it becoming a new creation, a recreation, if you will. And I think this is what Paul is talking about. He's saying that this is what the resurrected Christ is offering to me and you, newness of life. And it's because he has been resurrected from the dead. It's because he is different. We can be different. So in a sense, you could say when we trust in the risen Christ, in the resurrected Christ, you can say that we are no longer who we used to be. In a sense, in a very real sense, you could say that we are no, we're not ourselves anymore. And when that happened to me, it was very odd because I remember I remember that my parents uh, always took me to church. And I remember we had recently moved churches. And uh, I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I'll be honest. I hated it. I didn't want to go. I was a teenager. I didn't like it at all. And the night that I trusted in Jesus, the night that I received newness of life, the night that I was born again, the night that I became a new creation, the next morning was church. And the weirdest thing happened. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. That was a new experience for me. I had never wanted to go to church. And this new creation in me longed to be with God's people and to hear his word. I was, I was different. And it took years, and I'm, God is still working this out in me, and he's still working it out in you if you've placed your faith in Jesus. But you're not the same. A story is told of one of the great... One of the great believers uh, of the faith, his name is Augustine. You may have heard of him before. He lived in the 3rd and 4th century. And he, um, more than many other people in the faith, really influenced the Christian faith. He greatly influenced Western Christianity by his writings. Much of what we believe and what we think is attributed to this man. But before he became a believer, um, he was a pagan in every sense. He was, a, he was a speaker, he was a teacher, an academic, if you will, but he was 
He was very immoral. He lived what you would consider a very loose lifestyle. To make a long story short, uh, short, Augustine heard the gospel. He heard of the resurrected Jesus, and his life was utterly changed. And in fact, this man who was once loose and immoral became a pastor, became not only a pastor, but one of the great Christians of all time. He influenced the church in, 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 in tr- tremendous ways. And the story is told of this man when he was visiting Rome. It's where he used to be, where he used to, to live, and where he used to um, live quite immorally. He was going back to Rome to take care of some business. And as he was walking down the street, so the story says, there was one of his former lovers. And she saw him and she noticed him and she cried out across the way, Augustine, Augustine, it is I. Augustine, Augustine, it is I. And he reminded of himself of his new life. He reminded himself of this very truth that he was born again, a new creation. He walked in newness of life because of the resurrection, a resurrection of Jesus. And as he walked away from the woman, he said, I, it is not I. It is not I. Because he recognized that in a sense, he was no longer who he used to be. He was born again. And so the point that I want us to see is simply this. This Easter, Jesus doesn't just want to repair who we are. He doesn't just want to repair the old us. He doesn't just want to make improvements to the old us. He wants to start something completely new. He wants to start something completely fresh. He wants to start something completely different. In fact, the word here translated newness of life, it has the idea, not chronological newness, but of something that's fresh, something that's new, something that's completely unlike the old life. It's in a sense a new creation. Uh, a Christian author by the name of Ian Wilson writes this story, and I think it's right on the point of what Paul is telling us in this passage. So I'd like to read this quick story to you. Ian, Ian Wilson writes this. There was a London businessman by the name of Lindsay Clegg, and uh, Lindsay uh, told the story of a warehouse property that he was trying to sell. And so he owned this property, he was trying to sell it. The building had been empty for months and needed many repairs. Vandals had damaged the doors, smashed the windows, and thrown trash all over the interior. One day he was showing this piece of property to a prospective buyer. And uh, uh, Lindsay took great pains to let the buyer know that he would replace the broken windows, that he would bring in a crew to, to correct whatever structural damage there may be. He would clean up all of the garbage, all of the mess. And the buyer told him this, forget about the repairs. Forget about the repairs. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I want the site. I don't want the building. I want the site. And Wilson writes, Compared with the renovation God has in mind, our efforts to improve our own lives are as trivial as sweeping a warehouse slated for the wrecking ball. When we become God's, when, when we become God's the old life is over. He makes all things new. And I want you to get this. All he wants is the site. All he wants is the site and permission to build. And this is what we're getting at this morning. I don't want us to walk away thinking that Easter is just a historical event where Jesus was resurrected from the dead and it has nothing to do with my life here and now. Quite to the contrary, what Paul is saying is that because Jesus is resurrected, 
we can live differently. We can be new people. We can have a new life. We can be born again. Jesus can change who you are. He's changed who I am. He continues to change who I am. I want to ask a couple of people to come up to the stage now. They're going to share uh, just a, a brief story from themselves. And so, guys, come on up. Uh, you know who you are. Uh, come on up to the stage. A couple, uh, couple of our uh, young people, I've come to ask them just to share briefly about, about their newness of life, about their being born again, about how Jesus has changed their life. So, guys, come on uh, down. Have a seat here. And uh, I'll stand. <laughs> So guys, come on, come on down, and you want to stand? Okay, that's okay. That's fine. I'll sit. Share with us a little bit newness of life. What does that look like for you guys? The question that I gave to them was basically this: How would your life be different if you had not met the risen Jesus? How has He changed you? How is this text true in your life? So, um. I guess for me, um, one of the questions Trey had asked was, like, how, how would your life be different if you had not met the risen Jesus? And so I was kind of trying to think of, you know, if, you know, those few years ago, if I hadn't surrendered my life, how, how my life would be now. And it's kind of interesting because before I became a Christian, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a crazy partier. I wasn't, you know, I obeyed my parents. I got good grades. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't like a bad kid. And so... Um, when I was thinking back, I'm like, oh, you know, I was a good kid, you know, I, and I, I didn't really get into trouble, and then as I, as I kept thinking about it, I just kind of felt like, like the vase in the video, like I was there, but I didn't really have a purpose, like I was living my life, and I wasn't necessarily getting into trouble, but there, there was no purpose there, and so, you know, as I've, as I've come to know Jesus, and has, as he's changed my life, he's just, I guess I just feel like I'm here on this earth for a purpose, and I have a purpose, and it's just every single day he continues to, to make that clear, just knowing that, he's, knowing that he's risen and knowing that he's in my life. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting just to see how he has completely changed me. And like, like Trey was saying, he just um, he gives you joy, and um, you just feel, you feel worthwhile because you know you're living for, for Jesus, and you know you're living for his glory and not, and not for yourself. I would say, like like Katrina, I when I was younger, I was not a bad kid. I obeyed my parents for the most part. Was a good student, but um, some of my classmates in the audience here can uh, tell you I was a young man who was very full of hatred, and um, there were there were, for some reason people were afraid of me at school. <laughs> and, uh, I can't imagine. I just <laughs> I had this anger in my heart and it got to the point when I, uh, I was a sophomore in high school I just didn't want to deal with it anymore and so the, the question you know how might my life be different had I not met Jesus um, I look at it and, and it seems a little dramatic but I look at it in one of two ways either I end up in jail or either I end up dead because um, I, I would have either hurt someone else or hurt myself and having met Jesus now uh it was, a, it was a February night, Saturday night, I remember, in Hoopston, in a movie theater, six years ago. And just like Trey said, I woke up the next morning, and I was new. The hatred was gone. I just wanted to know Jesus more. 
Thanks, guys, very much. Would you guys give him a round of applause? And we could bring countless numbers of people up here, I think, and they would give testimony to the very same fact. How do we know that Jesus is alive? We know that Jesus is alive for a lot of different reasons. One reason that we've articulated this morning, that the scripture here in Romans 6, 4 tells us, we know that Jesus is alive because he lives in us, because he has changed our life. And so as we wrap up this morning, uh, I want to bring this home to you a little bit and to me. This morning, you may be here, and like myself, and like John, and like Katrina, maybe you have experienced uh, new life. Maybe you've been born again. Maybe you've been made a new creation. Maybe you know Jesus personally. And so I want to ask the same question to you that I asked to Katrina and John. Where would you be? Where would you be if you had not met the risen Christ? What would your life be like? What would your character be like? What would you be doing? What habits would you not be overcoming by grace? Where would you be? And I want to let you ponder that a little bit. Because as a believer, we celebrate this day, we celebrate the life of Jesus Christ, but we also celebrate the new life that he has given us. And we celebrate the change that he has made in our life. Sometimes it's slow, sometimes it's quick. But he's utterly changed who we are. And I guarantee you that you would not be who you are if not for Jesus. So I want you to ponder that and and reflect on that and worship Jesus. Worship him because of that. As we respond in song here in a second, worship the risen Christ because you are raised from the dead spiritually. and You are a new person. Worship him because of that. Maybe you're here this morning and you are genuinely a believer. You have been born again. But you don't feel like there's much freshness to it. Instead of a fresh quality of life that Paul talks about here, you feel like your life is more stagnant. You feel like it's more stale. Use this time to be real with Jesus. Use this time to ask him to to comb your heart, to lead you to confess sin, to ask that you would just be spiritually revived and renewed and that this would be an Easter even though you've trusted in Jesus and you're a new creation, maybe this Easter for you would be a bit of a resurrection, that Jesus would infuse new life in you afresh and he would begin that work that he began back when you trusted in him and he would revive that work in you. As we close, I want to ask this morning, maybe you've never experienced what we're talking about this morning. Maybe you've never experienced the kind of change that John is talking about, the kind of change that Katrina is talking about, the kind of change that I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe you've grown up in church all of your life. Maybe you've never set foot in a church and this is your first time. Welcome. But you've not had this kind of experience. Your life is just as it was. Your character is just as it was. Your habits are just as it was. And you know that you have not met this kind of a man who can change you from the inside out. And I want to ask you, have you ever met him? Do you know him? And if you don't, you can. You can know him. The Bible says that this kind of change, this kind of newness of life, this kind of rebirth can happen when we do and recognize three things. 
First, when we recognize that our sin, our wrongdoings, our imperfections cause separation from a holy God. And that because God is holy, because we are not holy, not perfect, we sin against a holy God by what we do and by our very natures. Romans 3.23 says this, Paul says this, For all have sinned, everyone, every human being that's ever been born, all of us have sinned. We miss the mark and we fall short of the glory of God. That is, we do not live our lives for the glory of God in every moment, with every breath. None of us do that. So we recognize this. Secondly, we recognize that the Bible says that there are consequences to that. God is holy. We are not. We sin against him. He is just. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. The, The first part of that verse says the wage that we all earn because of who we are and what we do. We all know what a wage is. It's something that we earn. It's something that is given to us because we earn it. What the Bible says is that because of our life, because of our sin and imperfections, what we earn is what the Bible calls death. It's the idea of separation. When we die, we are separated from our bodies. When we die spiritually, and we are all born spiritually dead. When we are spiritually dead, we are separated from God, separated from knowing him, both in this life and forever, in a place called hell. And so we recognize that we are sinful And we offend a holy God. And the good news of Easter, the wonderful good news, it's called the gospel, which means good news. The good news for me and you who sin and who deserve eternal punishment from a holy God is that we don't have to have have that. We don't have to experience that. The Bible says if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that his life was perfect, if we believe that he died and took the punishment for our sins, he took the penalty for our sins, we deserved to be on the cross. He took it. We could never live a perfect life. He lived it for us and he was resurrected, overcome, overcame death in our place. And the Bible says that if we simply believe in that, if we simply trust in that on a personal level, that we become new creatures, that we, we receive forgiveness of sins. John twenty thirty one says this, But these things, that is the book of John, but these things have been written so that you may believe, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And what's the result of believing? And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Newness of life, as Paul says. And so do you have that kind of a story? Do you have that kind of a story? As we wrap up, I'm going to ask our our worship team to come forward in a minute. And as they come forward, I want us to be pondering this. If you're a believer this morning, you're, you're a Christian, you've experienced the risen Christ. God owns the site. God owns the property of your life. But are you giving him permission to build on it? What is he building on it? If you are not that, if you have not experienced the risen Christ, God does not own the side of your life at this point. And I want to ask you this. Are you just, are you just sweeping up a warehouse that is slated for the wrecking ball? You don't have to. Trust in Jesus. So guys, come on forward. As our musicians are coming forward, we're going to pray. And if you've never... If you've never trusted in Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's not nothing magical about it. It's not magical words. It's a prayer of faith. If you've never experienced Jesus in this way, I invite you in the silence of your hearts 
to follow along, to, to pray to Jesus and mean it. And the Bible says that you will, as Jesus was resurrected, you will be resurrected and you will have a new life and be born again. So let's pray this morning. Father, we're grateful. We're so grateful for this day. Father, there's so many implications of Easter. And one of them is that you, because uh, you raised your son from the dead, that you raise us from our death-like state, from our sin, from our rebellion, from our folly, from our emptiness, from our brokenness, from all of our unsatisfied longings. You change us. You give us new life as you gave your son new life. And so, Father, I pray for people here. God, I pray uh, for people who are hearing my voice. And they, they, they don't know this. They've never experienced this. Pray that they would pray this with me. If you've never done this, pray in your heart. Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I recognize that I do wrong things and I think wrong things and I don't do the things that I should. And I recognize that I sin against you and I sin against God. I recognize that the penalty for my sin and for my life is separation from you now and forever in hell. But I'm so grateful that, Jesus, you have come. I'm so grateful that you lived a perfect life for me. I'm so grateful, Jesus, that you died a horrible and gruesome death that I deserved. I'm grateful that you bore my sins on your body. And I'm grateful that you rose from the dead three days later. Jesus, would you come into my heart? Would you come into my life? The best that I know how, I place my faith in you and you alone. There's nothing that I can do to earn it. And I ask that you would make me a new creature. We ask it in Jesus' name.